0: hello everyone peace be upon you how are you doing how is work school how's life in case you're wondering i'm doing well i'm pulling through we're like on a break so i have quite a quite a number of assignments to do and i've been working on it and i still have more to do so the lord is my strength at this point because I have started questioning whether or not I can actually work through or pull through this semester because I don't think I've ever been scared this to, to start a semester or I've never been this scared of a semester and it's not like I don't know what I'm supposed to do no it's that I'm actually scared I have never been this scared ever in my life. And here I am, looking, not knowing what I'm supposed to. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this one step at a time. And I'm just going to believe the Lord because I'm here because He wants me to be here. He's going to guide me, He's going to protect me. He's my rock, He's my shield. He will not let me fall, He will not let me fail anything. So i am going to keep working hard and i'm going to believe in the lord because he is the one who perfects everything so yeah if you are a new listener hi i hope you stay i hope you stick around do make sure to check out the other episodes if you are a returning listener hi welcome back um I hope this episode helps you see things in a different perspective. Right now, you are listening to the Raise an Army podcast. So, the last episode was on Genesis 13, and this episode is on Genesis 14 to 15. So, two chapters were still on the story of Abram, the very first patriarch. One of the last things I talked about in the previous episode was about decision making. Lot separates from Abram, Abram tells him to Look all over and then choose where he wants to go to where he wants to move to and lots decides he wants to move to the valley to the valley side it was well watered it was fresh it was green but there was one box that was left unchecked the people there the people because he was moving close to was moving to Sodom and the people there were known for their wickedness living in sin they were not ashamed of anything they were doing still Lot decides to move there so yeah decision making i want to ask a few questions the first one is when making a decision What are some of the things you consider? Think about the decisions you've made this past week or in the last few days. What are some of these decisions? Think about them carefully, both the small and the very important decisions. What made you come to a final conclusion? What are the things you prioritise? Why did you make those decisions? What were the results of the decisions you made? Do leave a comment below answering the questions. So moving on. This is not related to today's episode in any way, but I'm going to say it anyways. I think it is amazing how the Lord speaks to us in various ways. The Lord speaks to us in the most, sometimes it's like the most unexpected situations. The Lord can speak to us through anyone, through anything. So the other day, my friend and I were working on a jigsaw puzzle. It was a small one. It wasn't. It didn't have many pieces and I don't think it was up to a hundred pieces. It was a really small one. We finished the puzzle really fast. This was my first time working on a jigsaw puzzle and everything came by so fast. Like It was like, you know, when you try something for the very first time, then you realize that you are actually really good at it. Yeah. That was how I felt at that point in time and so when we we finished, my friend said we had to take it apart so that she could return it and bring another one. I was kind of sad to take the pieces apart and then out of nowhere without even thinking about what I was saying, the words just came out of my mouth. (laughs) without me even realising what I was about to say my words were do you know how painful it is to destroy something you made? and then there was this dead silence inside of me my friend was talking to her mom but I couldn't say anything it was like my body was there but my mind wasn't there I could hear them speaking but I could not say anything, and then I was like, Wait, hold on. Do you know how painful it is to destroy your creation, something you made? And then a small voice in my head said, No. Do you know how painful it is to watch your creation lead themselves to destruction? I was like wait <laughs> did the holy spirit just talk to me i i was so amazed i, ch- I do not know what to focus on like should i be focusing on the message or should i be focusing on the fact that the holy spirit just spoke to me but of course i should be the message was more important so i was thinking about it i was thinking about like throughout the week this happened like two weeks ago and i just had to tell you guys i had to share it with someone i had to tell the people the lord loves us it is painful it hurts him that we are leading ourselves down a path that will destroy us He is there, he is calling you, he is waiting for you to turn to him and believe in him and have faith in him. He is the only one who can give satisfaction. You are never going to find satisfaction in anything you do. Absolutely nothing is going to give you satisfaction. It will only fill a void for a while and then you start to hunger for something else but the lord satisfies and also the lord is always speaking he can use anything he can use writings he can use um messages maybe a random video on tiktok or on youtube on instagram he can use anything to talk to you and yes he can also use people but the problem is we are not listening a lot of times when the Holy Spirit speaks to me it's when I'm in the shower because everywhere is silent and I am focused on one thing sometimes it's when I read my Bible because a lot of times I have random questions and all of a sudden maybe the bible verse of the day is the answer to my question or maybe I'm going through something and then I see a word of encouragement probably it's usually like a, a bible verse or maybe I have this question in my heart or maybe I'm questioning something in particular and then on Sunday the preacher talks about it It doesn't even have to be like the main topic of the day he probably just answers my question or gives me a reply with one sentence I'm like wow the Lord is listening the Lord is speaking the problem is us we are not listening we all want to hear but we are not paying attention we are not willing to listen to the Lord so a little recap Abram and his people return to Canaan Lot leaves Abram and sets his camp toward Sodom and the Lord promises to give more land to Abram and Abram built an altar to the Lord to honor the Lord now a war broke out. Yes, a war. Amraphel, king of Shinar, Ariok, king of Elessar, Kedolamar, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of Goim. In some versions, it says king of nations, joined forces and invaded the Jordan Valley near the Dead Sea and fought against Bera, king of Sodom birshah king of gomorrah shinab king of admah shemabar king of zeboim and the king of Bela, also known as zoar apparently many of the original names of the places mentioned were so old that moses had to add an explanation in order to identify these ancient names so when the israelites returned they could easily recognize them So these five kings, the kings of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboim, and Bela, formed an alliance in the valley of Sidim, the valley of the Dead Sea, or the Salt Sea. They had served Kedolamar for 12 years. Kedolamar wasn't just an ordinary king, he was the most powerful King in the invading Confederacy. That is like colonialism before it was even given that name. But they rebelled in the 13th year. So they served Kedulamar for twelve years and in the thirteenth year they rebelled. So in the 14th year, a year later, Kedolamar and the three kings who were with him attacked and conquered many nations they conquered raphaim zuzim emim the horites at Sire. they went as far as the edge of the desert Kedolomar's army also conquered the amalekites and the amarite living in Hazazon Tamar. So as I mentioned earlier, the kings of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboim and Bela, five kings, formed an alliance to go fight against Kedolomar and his allies but they were not able to withstand or resist the army of Kedolomar so they did what many people would do, they fled just like how many of us today run away from our problems instead of facing them (laughs) as they were running away the kings of sodom and gomorrah fled into the valley of sidim the valley of sidim is a place full of tar pits so they fell into the pits tar is black oily and sticky It consists mainly of hydrocarbons derived from organic materials such as wood or coal. The other kings however escaped into the mountains. Kedolomar's army caught up to the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah, they caught up to the people there so they took all the possessions of Sodom and Gomorrah. They took all their food supply and all they had. They also took captives and one of them was Lot, Abram's nephew. They took all his possessions and they left with everything. Remember Lot was living in Sodom. Fortunately, A survivor escaped and came to tell Abram the hebrew what had happened Abram is called a hebrew in genesis 14 verses 13. Hebrew is clearly an ethnic term in the bible Abram was probably called a hebrew here because he was a foreigner even when David was running away from Saul he was called a Hebrew because he was a foreigner in a different land so I'm going to pause here and ask another question if you heard that someone you used to know not just know but someone you used to be very close with had gotten into trouble and no it really doesn't have to be them being kidnapped by a very powerful army No It could be something small or something big. Let's say this person is a family member who cut ties with you or You cut ties with them. Maybe an ex-best friend someone you thought was like your other half or an ex-partner, ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend ex-husband or ex-wife you get the gist you get the gist regardless of how or why y'all fell out because i know some of you will probably base your answer on what happened i'm saying that regardless of what happened would you still help that person i actually think i would help that person because I think I have been in that sort of situation but I think I would help that person because I do not like holding grudges because as someone who thinks too much grudges are not my thing I cannot for the life of me keep a grudge but yeah do leave a comment on what you would do if you were in that situation when Abram heard that his nephew had been captured he mobilized men he led 318 trained men that had been born in his household and went in pursuit of Kedolomar's army until he caught up with them at night Abram divided his men to attack and they defeated Kedilomar's army Abram's men chased Kedulamar's army as far as Hoba, north of Damascus Abram brought back all the goods he brought his nephew Lot and all of Lot's possessions he brought back the women and the people he brought back the people you might not understand the depth of this so let me give you a bit of context Kadolamar was the king of Elam or Elam an ancient civilization in present-day Iran he was a fierce ruler with a mighty army he conquered many nations he was an able general he was a fierce leader but Abram defeated Kedolomar's army Kedolomar's great army and all his allies with 318 men that is wild that is the kind of victory you attain when the Lord goes before you that is the work of God that is no no human can do that only God can. An article by GodQuestions.org says quote, how did Abram accomplish this with only 318 men against several kings and their armies led by Kedolomar who was fierce and mighty in battle? The answer appears in verses 20. Melchizedek the king and priest of Salem indicated that it was God Most High who had delivered Abram's enemies into his hand." End quote. So who is Melchizedek? Melchizedek was the king of Salem, ancient Jerusalem. The name Melchizedek means King of Righteousness, Melech meaning King and Zedek, Meaning righteous, and his title as the king of Salem means king of peace, that is, king of righteousness and peace. Melchizedek is said to represent a type of Christ, he is not only a king but also a priest of God Most High, El Elion. El Elion means God Most High. Not much is actually known about Melchizedek. However, Hebrews 7 verses 3 says, Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life that is without record, resembling the Son of God, he remains priest forever. Some believe that Melchizedek was a normal person. was blessed and appointed by the Lord as a special priest who serves as a type of Christ in his priestly and kingly functions because his priesthood was without end others believe that he was in fact an angel that is in the sense that he was spiritual there are others who believe that Melchizedek was probably a pre-incarnate Christ a pre-incarnate Jesus in human form for those who believe that Melchizedek was an ordinary person they would say that the use of no records in Hebrews 7 verses 3 means that his birth and death are not recorded in scripture so why is melchizedek so important why is he a person of interest because he was one of the two people that went to meet abram when abram came back he went to he went to abram and he blessed abram and said blessed be abram by god most high the creator and possessor of heaven and earth and blessed be God most high who delivered your enemies into your hand. Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the treasures he had taken in battle. Something that really hit me is that Abram gave a tenth of all the treasures he had taken and when tithing, you are to give a tenth of your income coincidence I don't know the king of Sodom also went to meet Abram and said give me the people and take the goods for yourself but Abram said to the king of Sodom I have raised my hand and sworn an earth to the God Most High the possessor of heaven and earth that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap I will take nothing from you I will take nothing that is yours otherwise you might say I have made Abram rich I will take nothing except what my men have already eaten give a fair share of the goods to the men who went with me abram turned down the offer but requested that his allies anna Eshkol, and Memre, take their share of goods After all that had happened, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. This is the New King James version. Other versions say, Your reward shall be great. Fun fact: did you know that the phrase Do not be afraid appears 365 times in the Bible. For every single day, there is a do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Every single morning when you wake up, remind yourself that the Lord is your shield. He is going to protect you. So you have absolutely no reason to be afraid. Psalms 121 says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and the earth. He will not allow my foot to be moved. He that keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he that keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade upon your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night the Lord shall preserve you from all evil he will preserve your soul he will preserve your going out and your coming in now and forevermore Psalms 18 verses 2 in the NLT version the Lord is my rock my fortress and my Savior my God is my rock in whom I find protection he is my shield the power that saves me and my place of safety. Psalms 84, verses 11 For the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord gives us grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who do what is right. Abram did what was right by the Lord. When we do what is right, the Lord blesses us with good things. Always remember that every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. Lamentations 3 verses 24 The Lord is my portion and my inheritance, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in Him and wait expectantly for Him. Lamentations 3 verses 24 is a line from my daily affirmations it's pasted in my wardrobe clearly for me to see so that I can remind myself that absolutely nothing is going to happen to me Remind me to continuously have hope in the Lord and to wait expectantly for him Back to Genesis 15 verses 1. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be great. Your exceedingly great reward. The Amplified Version says, Your reward for obedience shall be very great. The Lord reminds Abram. He assures Abram that he, the Lord, will protect and bless Abram. The Lord reminds us every single time that He will protect us. He is our Father. God portrays Himself as a shield of protection and a rock throughout the Bible. Second Samuel 22 verses 3: My God, my Rock, in whom I take refuge, my Shield and the Horn of my Salvation, my Stronghold and my Refuge, my Saviour. You save me from violence the Hebrew word for reward sakar often refers to a workers wage or a victor's compensation Abraham's reward was connected to the Lord's promise or covenant of having countless descendants even though it wasn't realized yet how is God an exceedingly great reward by GodQuestion.org, quote i am your shield your exceedingly great reward said god to abram revealing the terms of their covenant relationship security protection and blessings belonged to abram because of this relationship abram did not need to be shaken or live in fear precisely because he belonged to god The Lord will always be with him as both protector and provider of all good things. In the immediate context of Genesis 15 verses 1, the exceedingly great reward refers to the multitude of promised descendants and the land of promise. This reward beckoned Abraham and Sarah to live as people of faith and hope. In the same way, faith and hope are the key to apprehending our reward, which is God himself. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Hebrews 11 verses 6. End quote. Our Father the Lord God isn't exactly the reward instead he gives the reward he blesses those who believe and have faith in him at the end of the day it all comes down to faith the Bible tells us that by believing and having faith we are saved Paul writes in Romans that we did not attain salvation by our good deeds neither did we attain salvation by following the law we are saved because Jesus Christ took on the wrath of God and died for our sins he resurrected so now we are also going to resurrect salvation is a gift from God you cannot work to get salvation it is a free gift from the Lord we have to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that he died so we can live again we also have to walk in faith taking our relationship with Yahweh seriously we have to try our best every single day to get to know God more and more and we are to become even more dependent on him and how do we get closer to the Lord the first step is of course to pray and I'm not telling you to pray for whatever it is that is your heart desire no we surrender our desires to the Lord yes of course you can ask for things but let us try to be less selfish let us try to think less of ourselves there are different ways to pray when i was in sunday school i was taught this format of prayer it is called the prayer of acts a-c-t-s acts you start by adoring the name of the lord adoration you call his names you adore him second is confession you confess all your sins you call your sins by their names so if it is lying you say it if it is lost you say it the third is thanksgiving you thank the lord for every single thing you thank Him for the things he has done for the things he is doing and even for things he's about to do in your life and then the very last one is supplication where you Ask for every other thing that you want. Sometimes I would switch it up. I would start by adoration and then thanksgiving. Then I would move to confession and then supplication. Learning that at a very young age really helped me with my prayer life. So I wasn't always starting my prayer by asking God for things. No, I would always thank Him, I would adore Him then i would confess my sins and then i would go ahead to ask for the things that i want recently i came across a video was it like yesterday or today i don't know i I don't know it was on tiktok so it was of this girl she was talking about prayer about how we are probably praying wrong at first i was like hold on and then something told me to just wait and listen thank god i listened (laughs) to that voice and i listened to what the girl was saying she talked about how there are different types of prayers how most of us only pray when we want something we pray we fast we do everything just so we can get something in particular Asking for something you want isn't wrong. I'm not saying that. But that kind of prayer is called a prayer of petition. Then there is a prayer of adoration. Where you adore the name of the Lord. You call His names. You adore Him. You are in awe of Him. The next type of prayer is prayer of thanksgiving. We know that one you thank god for everything you thank him for who he is thank him for mercy for grace for salvation for his provision and protection for every single thing you name it thank him for everything the next is confession you confess your sins and ask for mercy and i think the final one she mentioned was um, intercessory prayer prayer of intercession where you pray for other people you intercede on their behalf, you pray for your friends for your parents your children your siblings your best friend your boyfriend your even people that are yet to find christ people that are yet to come to christ so you pray for other people not just yourself i think it's really important that while we pray for ourselves we should also pray for other people especially those who are yet to find christ who are yet to come to christ we pray that they find love and of course we know that god is love as believers and followers of christ we are called to love other people we are called to honor other people and to see other people above ourselves and i think one of the best ways to really express love to other people is to pray for them instead of just condemning people and judging people we are to get on our knees and pray for these people we should pray that the lord saves them just as he has saved us for them to really experience the precious love of jesus we should also listen listen to the lord the lord is always speaking communication goes both ways you cannot keep asking for this and this and that third and not listen so many of us are always complaining we're always saying we don't hear the lord we don't hear the lord but most of the time we are so distracted by so many things around us we rarely have time to ourselves where we just sit down in silence and meditate I have heard so many people say that they usually hear the Lord speak to them when they're in the bathroom, when they're showering. That has also happened to me. And I think it's because when you are alone, you are usually quiet, and everywhere around you is just quiet. You're not so distracted by so many things. We should create time to spend with the Lord don't be too busy don't be too distracted because you would not hear you will not hear him speak to you and yes the lord can speak to us through so many different means but if we are not paying attention how would we know that it is the lord that is speaking another way to grow closer to god is to read the bible yes read your word read the word reading the bible is also one way to build our faith when you read the bible you get to know more about god you get to hear him speak so reading the bible helps you build your faith it helps you know your father more and the lord speaks to us through his word recently i was questioning something something in particular i'm going to talk about it in the next episode and i was so down i was almost depressed for like a few days and maybe not depressed but like i was really sad for like a few days and i was really asking god i was talking to him i was asking him and i wasn't really getting any response and then one particular day i was like i'm going to read the bible And at that time I was reading the book of Romans and I kid you not there was my answer the Lord (laughs) the Lord answered my question with his word so do not doubt the word of the Lord the word is important the Lord speaks to us through his word the Lord answers our questions through his word so read your Bible read it stop making excuses you're not too busy read it and a reminder it is impossible to please God without faith when we are about to enter a new season of our lives the Lord usually separates us. We go through certain situations and events that build character and make us depend more on the Lord. Not on ourselves or on other people, but on the Lord. Honestly, yeah, if I did not go through all the things that I went through a few months ago, the pain, the agony, the tears, the depression, I would have never been able to fully surrender to the Lord. He helped me, he walked with me, he taught me things and he is still teaching me things. I know someone might be wondering, so depression made you to somehow believe in a higher power that is God? No. What I went through made me realize how limited I was as a person. No, let me rephrase that. How limited I am as a human being and how I will never find satisfaction in the things of the world. The Lord made me realize that I am never alone. Even when it seems like I am alone, because he is everywhere, he is omnipresent, and he is always going to be there for his children. And the most important thing, and this should have been the first thing I said, but I always leave the best for the last. He showed me what true love really is. We all know God is a definition of love. The Lord showed me what it means to be loved I'm not kidding he showed me what it means to be loved knowing that I don't have to worry about anything that he is in control I just need to trust him I just need to believe and everything is set I might not get some of the things that I want but he knows what is good for me he knows what is right for me and he is going to bless me. He's going to hold my hand. And no matter what happens to me, I will never be destroyed. Basically, he gave me purpose. And that is the most important thing. That is like one of the most important things in life. Purpose. Because once you find purpose, you are motivated to live. <laughs> You are motivated to live life so purpose yeah but the most important thing the most important thing is love he showed me what love really is and i am going to hold on to that that kind of love that has everything inside of it that kind of love that gives peace I I am enjoying this peace right now. And I'm not saying, oh, if you become a believer, if you become a Christian, you're not going to have trials and temptations. Oh, you are going to have a lot of that. (laughs) You are going to have a lot of temptations and you are going to have trials, however, however we should not be bothered about such things we should look unto the lord he will hold our hand he promises us that um even if we walk through fire it will it will not scorch us and even if we walk through the waters we will not drown absolutely nothing is going to happen to us if we keep our mind focused on god and yeah being a believer comes with responsibility so it's not like you just believe and that's it yeah being Christian being a believer comes with responsibilities don't forget that yeah I am going to reiterate what I said earlier Your work cannot earn you salvation. Salvation is a free gift from the Lord and we are made to work. Our father works so we as his children should also work. In a time when everyone wants to be accepted as believers, we do not seek admiration from the people of the world this doesn't give us an excuse to be non about things no absolutely not we should ask ourselves if what we are doing is in line with what the lord wants and that is quite hard because there are times when you want to do something but we want to say something to someone and the Holy Spirit just puts this conviction in your heart, telling you, Girl, it's not worth it. Just leave it. And you're like, But I really, really want to do this. I really want to say this. So let us ask for the grace to live a good life, a fruitful life, one that pleases the Lord. The Lord wants his children, you and I, and whoever is beside you, to be satisfied in him. He is the provider, our exceedingly great reward. Ephesians 1 verses 11 to 12, In him we also receive an inheritance, a destiny. We were claimed by God as his own, having being predestined, chosen, appointed beforehand according to the purpose of him who works everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ, who just put our confidence in him as our Lord and Savior, would exist to the praise of his glory. All that we do should bring glory to the name of our Father. Also, one other thing to remember is we should not be so focused on storing up wealth on earth, where it could get destroyed, it could get damaged, but we should focus our minds on the things of the kingdom. Look, you cannot fool the Lord you just cannot you could be doing all sorts of things all sorts of like sweet and nice things but if your heart is not right with the lord you're probably doing things so people would see and talk about you or praise you or you might be doing things like force the hand of god to do something even when he clearly tells you that is not the thing but right now i'm going to focus on you doing things for the praise of other people like to get praise from other people i am also very guilty of this i have done this way more times than i can count but then it's like what what now i did all of that just so someone will see me and praise me that is just sad and really really low the lord blesses us because he wants to. yes the lord can bless your efforts and things like that but at the end of the day the lord does not owe anybody anything the lord does not owe anyone anything remember that blessings are gifts from the lord they are gifts when the lord blesses us we are to bless other people also the lord will not bless you with something you're not ready for so we need to work on ourselves the lord will not bless you with something you cannot handle i think i heard preacher say this once i think he was like The Lord will rather bless an unbeliever, a hardworking unbeliever, than to bless a lazy Christian. That hits the spot. Like it hit the spot, the nail in the head. I just sat down there and I was looking and I was reflecting on my life. But this is very true. We always ask ourselves like why are there so many unbelievers that are successful and rich and all of that but so many of us are so lazy like we lack diligence we lack dedication and also we might be so focused on ourselves and how to satisfy ourselves but that is not it that is not how things should go our father is not lazy so why should we be lazy that really hits the spot I should really should be saying that to myself. But anyways, <laughs> the Lord will not bless you with something you're not ready for. Probably, yes, the Lord wants to give you that thing you want, that promotion. He wants to help you with your business. He wants to take you to higher heights. He wants to completely change your life, like a complete 180. But then, if he blesses you with that thing, you are probably going to bring yourself back to square one so work on yourself remember to work on yourself if you are lacking in a particular way work on it okay work on it i think that's why whenever we ask god for something particular he always like he teaches us patience yes but in that period of patience we learn a lot of things i have experienced that so i know what i'm talking about psalms 73 verses 26 says my flesh and my heart may fail but god is the rock and strength of my heart and my portion forever the nlt version says he is mine forever so back to the story after the lord told abram to not be afraid and that he is abram's shield and exceedingly great reward abram replies yahweh what will you give me since i am leaving this world childless and eliza from damascus will be my heir and inherit my house eliza means god is my help and eliza was born in abram's house abram proceeds to say since you have not given me a child then a servant born in my house is my heir it was a common um, custom back then for a childless couple to adopt a servant as an heir so the lord said to abram no this man will not be your heir because you will have a son of your own and he will be your heir then the lord brought abram outside and told him to look to the heavens and see if he can count the stars because that will be the number of his descendants meaning abram's descendants would be countless they will be numerous And what did Abram do? What is Abram known for? He believed and trusted in the Lord and the Lord counted Abram as righteous because of his faith. (laughs) Having faith in the Lord and trusting in him isn't by itself something that can be used as a substitute for righteousness. But because of our Father's grace, faith is accepted as an equivalent for righteousness. God is good. That is all I can say. Repeat this with me. God is good. The debt, the bill for righteousness was paid by the blood of Jesus Christ. So the Lord says to Abram, I am the same God who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give this land to you. And Abram is like, how do I know I will inherit it? Then the Lord tells Abram to bring a three-year-old heifer. a three-year-old heifer That is a cow that is yet to give birth a 3-year-old female goat, a 3-year-old ram a turtle dove and a young pigeon five animals this was in representation of an ancient ceremony that formerly bound two parties to an agreement or a covenant so abram did as he was told he brought the animals and cut them each in the middle and placed each half opposite the other but he did not cut the bird in two some birds of prey not the Harley Quinn movie with Margot Robbie these were vultures they tried to eat the carcasses carcass is the dead body of an animal but Abram drove them away If they kept coming back, I'm sure Abram probably got annoyed at some point. Yeah, as the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep. He had a nightmare. In the Bible, it says a terror of great darkness overcame him. Then the Lord spoke to Abram saying, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years but i will punish the nation that enslaves them and in the end they will come out with great wealth or possessions the lord just told father abraham of something that will happen years ahead many years later when he is not even alive but then we do know that whatever the lord says will come to pass and usually before something happens the lord usually says it will happen and then it happens the lord proceeds to tell abram as for you you will die in peace and be buried in a good old age After four generations, your descendants will return here to Canaan, the land of promise or the promised land. For the sins of the Amorites, their wickedness and guilt is not yet complete. Now do you get why it's called the promised land? Because it was promised to the ancestor of the Israelites. The prophecy of the Israelites returning in the fourth generation was fulfilled when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt to the promised land after they had been enslaved for 400 years. Moses was in the fourth gen. From Jacob to Levi, then Kohath, then Amram, then Moses. Or maybe he was in the fifth gen. let's let's stick with what the Bible says fourth gen fourth gen regarding the Amorites they were the most important and powerful people of that region the name Amorite would later become synonymous with the people that lived in Canaan. according to the Talmud they were very suspicious superstitious sorry superstitious people after the Sun went down and there was darkness Abram saw a smoking fire pot also known as a brazier and a flaming torch passed between the halves of the carcasses so let me explain this really well so Abram cut the animals in half here yeah? and he lined them in a straight line he placed them in a straight line and each half was opposite each other so the middle was like a path a walkway you know what I mean so I'm just going to read this directly from the chronological study Bible because I don't know how I'm going to paraphrase or anything it is just so detailed and so wonderful it is such a wonderful explanation and i think i'm just going to read it directly so listen carefully the type of covenant presented in the bible is most often between two parties the superior party was known as the suzerain the inferior party as the vassal superior suzerain inferior vassal both the suzerain and the vassal had specific responsibilities primarily in ancient societies the suzerain provided protection for the vassal while the vassal supported the suzerain with taxes and was loyal in time of war the lord and abram joined themselves in a suzerain and vassal covenant in genesis 15 verses 18 like similar ancient near eastern covenant they held a public ceremony to ratify their relationship. The sacrifice of animals and a meal were typically components of covenant ceremonies as were the promises of both parties. Abram's part of this agreement was to believe in the Lord which meant to worship no other gods. The Lord promised Abram to make his descendants as numerous as the stars and provide a homeland for them. Two differences between the ancient Near Eastern covenant and the Genesis 15 covenant are striking. Usually, the list of the vassal's duties and responsibilities was much larger than that of the suzerain's. In fact, a covenant including the duties of the vassal was imposed on the vassal by the suzerain, in the genesis 15 covenant almost nothing is said about abram's responsibilities the focus is on what the lord promised to abram not what abram promised the lord in the second difference it is usually the vessel who cut the animals in two parts and walked between them the ritual symbolically demonstrates what would happen to the vassal if the covenant was broken the burning torch passing between the pieces of flesh in the Genesis 15 covenant was obviously a representation of the Lord the symbolism of him passing between the cut sacrifices implies that he would die before he would allow his confidence with abram to fail y'all the lord is faithful he always keeps his promise and that was a sign and a reminder to abram and to all of us that he will never fail his confidence is now and forever he will not promise and then change his mind the lord is the same yesterday today and forever he keeps his promise don't look at the lord with human eyes human perspective of things no the lord is always faithful always and forever we always tend to limit the lord we place limitations on the god who exists out of time you're kidding humans are unfaithful not the lord humans will fail you not the lord not your father stop doubting his promises we love him because he loved us first again we do not earn our blessings we do not earn yahweh's love all he wants from us is to believe to have faith to completely trust him and he will do the rest maybe you need to pause to let that sink in your father the Lord God will never let anything happen to you. So when your father calls you out to do something, step out in faith. Do not rely or trust in your skills because we trust in the name of Jesus. We trust in the name of the Lord. The other day I was reading the Version Daily Story Devotional and I'm going to read something to you. Someone can hurt our feelings, or even our bodies, but they cannot touch our souls. When we become His, by trusting in Jesus as our Savior, by grace through faith, the strongest defense in the universe, God in His fullness, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is forever on our side. A lot of times the devil is going to try to deceive you by putting thought in your head or even by using other people sometimes even the people that we really care about the most to weigh us down to tell us we are not good enough to tell us what we're doing is boring (laughs) or tell us we we don't have enough skills why are we doing this if we don't even have the skill to do it or that it is a waste of time truth is we really are not good enough so we stay connected to the source of life which is our Father through Jesus the Lord teaches us things we should know about ourselves, about life, about him and about the things he is calling us to do. The goal is to be completely dependent on the Lord. Spiritual maturity is how much dependent we are on the Holy Spirit and if you are doing something or trying to do something that the Lord has called you to do and there is no one supporting you, you have a sister right here supporting you we may be hundreds or thousands of miles apart it doesn't matter i am sending you virtual hugs and reminding you to keep praying keep studying the word and stay hydrated keep working and if you are not sure about what the lord is calling you to do pray about it keep praying and listen He will send a confirmation or he will redirect your steps towards the right thing to do. Genesis 15 verses 18 On that same day, the Lord made a covenant, a promise with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River. And the Hittites, Perisites... Raphite, Amorites, Canaanites, Jerichoites, and Jebusites. You guys, Jesus loves you so much. He is waiting for you. Our Father loves you so very much. He loves you. Surrender to Him and experience love like never before. Romans 8 verses 31. What then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? We have come to the end of this episode. I hope you liked it. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned a few things. I hope you were able to see things in a different perspective jesus loves you remember to pray remember to read your bible and stay hydrated wherever you are in the world good morning good afternoon and good night i love you guys see you in the next episode god bless and bye